Hey everyone, welcome to Leading His Leaders. I am your host, Avery Nesbitt. Hey, on this month's edition, we are talking to someone you are absolutely going to love. Her name is Roz Lindsay, and she is joining us all the way from the other side of the world in Australia. Uh, she has been leading across multiple industries, talking to leaders, consulting, coaching, and educating them. And she currently, she recently launched a new Facebook group that we want to let you know about. It's called We Lead Healthcare. It's for medical professionals across several healthcare industries. And you can join that group. Take a look at it on facebook.com. We Lead Healthcare. Roz, it is so good to have you on the podcast. Avery, thank you very much. It's a real honor to be with you today. Hey, so listen, I've been looking forward to this ever since uh, we first connected. And with all the things that you've done, with all the different people that you've talked to, the different industries, the different leaders, you've talked to some uh, amazing leaders across the world, and you've seen the ebbs and flows of life. And right now, we're in a pretty unique season of life. Things are a little different th than we all yes. foresaw. But you know what doesn't change? Some of those fundamental leadership qualities. Here's what I wanted to ask you. Through times of crisis, whether it be pandemic crisis, financial crisis, leadership crisis, through times of crisis, what are some of the fundamental things that every leader needs to know when they are the one that people are looking at in times like this? Well, thanks for asking the question because it's something that I'm really passionate about. And whether or not it's a pandemic or it's something else that's happening in your business, leading in a time of crisis is something that we don't often think about we often don't train people yeah. in yet it is something that leaders need to be prepared for because it may not be a pandemic it could be something going wrong in the business tomorrow and if we haven't thought about it we could be scrambling initially so it's really a wonderful opportunity to share with your listeners some of the things that i personally and others feel that are important yeah. Probably the first thing that, that, that I would start with is consider the emotion, tap into logic. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. So if we're thinking about the human brain and how wonderful it is, mm -hmm. we think about what it's designed to do and it's designed to keep us safe ultimately. So the human brain is scanning the environment and it's looking for things that are going to hurt us or help us. And when a crisis comes along, it's one of those things that could actually hurt us, no matter what sort of crisis it is, whether it is life-threatening, such as a virus, or whether it is something that might threaten our existence or how we actually operate in the world. And when the brain detects a threat, it sparks off a cascade in the body that we know as fight, flight or freeze. And so even if it's something in the business world, we still act instinctively like we would if, for instance, there was a fire or something quite dangerous in our environment. The same cascade occurs in our body. Yeah. So as leaders, this is something for us to be really aware of because when people are operating under a threat state, their logical decision-making thinking brain or parts of the brain aren't actually able to operate effectively because as soon as we're in a threat state, a lot of the energy that our brain needs to think and process yeah. is going out to our extremities, you know, to fight, to run away or to freeze in place till the threat passes. And so 
as a leader to know this is important because what we need to do is we need to create a safe environment for people so that we can actually help lower that emotion for them. That's good. We need to communicate effectively so that they're able to hear what we're saying when their logical thinking brain is not operating really well. And so we need to be able to bring some calm leadership and lower people's emotions, create a psychologically safe space for them, and then tap into their logic, get their logical brain thinking. So it's a really important thing. Sometimes leaders, particularly leaders in the past, didn't actually allow for emotion in the workplace. It was, Mm -hmm. it's not cool to think about that and it's fluffy. And so we need to actually understand the brain and how it's operating. It it does bring emotion into the workplace. It absolutely does. And we need to help people to deal with that emotion, but then focus on the logic and to be able to move forward in a productive and positive way. That's so So good. So I like the idea of we think about the emotion, but then we, we, we move in logic. The picture you painted seems really easy in you know, a natural environment. I see a bear coming, I'm gonna fight, flight, or freeze. As a leader, how exactly do we create a safe environment when the world is spinning, but yeah. they come to, someone comes to work, and maybe the world is spinning at work, but mm-hmm. with us, how does a leader, what power do we have to actually create a safe environment emotionally and to, to bring them back down to a place of logical thinking. How do you do that? Yeah, there are a few things that you can do. Um, one thing you can do is to have an extraordinary team culture already. I'm, I'm going to park that for a moment and talk this about what true. you do in the moment though. Yeah. So in the moment, there are a few things that you can do. And one of the things that you can do is to provide people with choice. So choice is actually a really interesting fact of life. And the majority of us like to have choice. We may not be aware of that. It might just be instinctive, but the human brain to feel safe needs to have options, needs to feel like there's some control over the environment around us. So one of the first things that we can do is to give people choice. Now, it's interesting because in a crisis, we might feel like there's very little choice. (laughs) But even if there's only that choice of what attitude you bring to the work and to the crisis, that's a choice. It also can be a perceived sense of choice. And by giving choice or by exploring choice with someone, we start to bring down their emotion because they're starting to feel like they're taking some control back. Because often in a time of crisis, a lot of the fear state is because people feel like, I have no control over this. But we do actually have some choices even in that sort of situation. In fact, uh, Viktor Frankl, who was a... He was interned in one of the uh, Nazi camps during World War II. Mm -hmm. He actually is a, I think, psychiatrist or a psychologist. I think a psychiatrist. And he has written lots of books. I'm I'm sure your listeners have probably heard of them. And he talks about the people that survived those internment camps tended to be the people that brought a more positive future thinking attitude to even the most horrible circumstances. So we still do have choice. So as a leader, we want to help people see those choices because it really is very powerful. And we can do this in a couple of ways. 
One of the best ways though that we can do it is to use coaching skills to ask questions so that people start to process through their logical brain. As soon as we ask someone a question, that emotional brain that's spinning out of control can't help but try and refocus and think things through. So we're starting to lower the emotion already. And it could be a simple question like, this is a situation, what options do you see that we have from here? What are the different ways that we could resolve this? What are some of the experiences that you can bring to this particular circumstance? What have you learned from the past that you can apply? Yeah. So we start to get people thinking, get people involved. As soon as they start to feel involved in the decision-making process, again, their emotion is lowering. Yeah. I mean, there are other things you can do, but I would say that that's one of the most powerful things that you can do. That's really and one cool. of the first things that we need to do. So choice, if, if people are struggling a little bit, you can actually tell them, oh, I think we have three options here. This is the option that I believe is best. What do you <laughs> think? So that also can be done if we really yeah. feel that people are spiralling and yeah. can't answer that question. So presenting them the choice also will help. And the other things that we can do are give people assurance, assurance that we're in it together, assurance that we have a plan in place this is the next step. This is the support that you'll get. These are the resources that you'll have. One of the key things I think in a crisis is also to, to assure people that you know what steps will be coming. Mm. I've been studying world leaders actually during the pandemic and some of the most effective world leaders that I've seen are those who say, this is what's happening now. This is what we expect may happen in the next month. And even if that might be further restrictions or further inconvenience for people, the fact that they're preempting it helps lower the emotion because people feel assured that these people know what they're doing. There is a plan in place. And although I may not like what's coming, I feel prepared for it so I can get ready. I can process that information. I can think that through. Gotcha. So that's certainly another thing. So we've got choice and we've got assurance. Those are really two very, very important things that we need to be thinking about. Yeah. If you're working in a business and the crisis is in a business, it's not the pandemic that's, that's right. happening at the moment. It's a different sort of crisis. Part of that assurance is providing people with the training, the resources that they might need. Because sometimes people are not actually skilled to handle a particular crisis. True. So to be able to say to them, this is the training that we have organised for you and to provide that fairly quickly, that also will help lower people's emotions because, again, they're feeling like, okay, I've got this, I can do it, I'm going to have the capabilities even though it's, you know, a very unusual and uncertain circumstance we find ourselves in. Yeah. Everything that you're saying, it just sounds like, prepare them or equip them prepare them with a way to think differently prepare them with a way with a way to project differently or literally just prepare them with skill sets and and tools so is it could it really be that simple you know we always want this super complicated answer could it really be that simple that a leader's job in the middle of a crisis is to prepare uh, the people that they're leading Like that seems so simple, but so profound at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think often the most profound solutions are pretty simple. (laughs) It doesn't, (laughs) 
it's not rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> we're, dealing, we're dealing with people in situations where they feel potentially fearful, mm-hmm. uncertain, scared. So what we're trying to do is to lower that emotion and get them focusing on what they can control and, as you say, equipping them to yeah. be able to take some action. That's now, right. it's not always perfect. However, you're right, you know, it's a simple solution, but it can actually have a really profound impact on people's performance through the pandemic. And I support a lot of healthcare workers. And if anyone was going to fall apart right about now, it would be them. But I have been blown away by some of the leaders in healthcare who have really stepped up to help their teams to think about their situations in a positive frame of mind and to be able to regroup and focus on what they're there to do. And if anyone wanted to run away from this crisis, I think healthcare could potentially be the people who'd want to run away because what their experience is is quite traumatic. Yet, as I say, it's those people who are stepping up who are, even in that circumstance, trying to bring some positive and productive um, mindsets. I think that they're the ones that will succeed. They're the ones that will survive. That's so good. Now, before we end, I'm going to go to that pin, that pin you put in that, that, that powerful word, culture. One of the best ways to get through, you said, is to already have a healthy culture. We talk a lot about culture on leading as leaders. So what does that look like to have a healthy culture before something comes and what are the, what, how does that help us get through? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you came back to this. It's something I'm really <laughs> passionate about. Um, I'm all about extraordinary teams. I talk about create an extraordinary team. Yeah. This is not just an average team, it's extraordinary. And that's the sort of culture that we're trying to build. And that takes time and, yes, it can be transient. But what we're trying to do is to create a culture that is psychologically safe. I mentioned that before. A mm-hmm. culture where people feel confident and comfortable that they can raise issues, raise concerns, give feedback, right. share ideas without fear of negative impact to their self-esteem. So this is one of the important things that we need to be doing right from the start. And that does tap into that emotional kind of instinctive part of the brain. It's helping people feel really comfortable psychologically to participate and to interact at an interpersonal level with their fellow colleagues. So that's certainly something that we need to be doing. And part of that, I guess, is kind of embracing the diversity in the team in terms of their experiences that they bring, the differences in how they like to operate in the workplace, sometimes even the differences in the way that they communicate and to help the team understand that there'll be similarities and that's wonderful and can be very synergistic, yet our differences can also be wonderful and synergistic as well and not something to be feared. And I think the leaders that spend a lot of time helping their team to understand their differences and how to work with their differences. I think that that is so foundational for creating that extraordinary team culture. I could talk about this all day. (laughs) I'm not allowed to, am I? (laughs) (laughs) That is so good though, because you hear a lot about um, how to fix a problem. But what you're saying is there is an ounce of prevention, right? There is an ounce of prevention that can help us when the crisis come Um, to get through it. So I love that you've got kind of two sides of the coin. You're talking about how to equip people when you're in crisis, but there's also 
a way to get through it better on the on the front end. This has been amazing. Roz, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This has been great. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me along. I've really appreciated it today. Hey, so for everyone else, we're so glad that you were able to join us. Um, you can find out more about Roz and everything that she's doing. Um, go on the Facebook and look for We Lead Healthcare. Um, you can join us on leadingasleaders.com for additional content. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and hopefully something we've said today helps you as you're leading as leaders. Thanks, everyone.